Nigeria's justice system has constantly come under heavy criticism by citizens, especially because of the state of the prisons and correctional facilities, which are usually characterized by congestion, starvation of inmates, and unsanitary conditions. On top of all these, thousands of inmates are reportedly being kept without court trials. The stories of internally displaced persons forcefully separated from their families by the Nigerian military on the suspicion of having links with Boko Haram in 2015 and 2016 in Borno State is particularly relevant here. Hundreds of them finally regained their freedom in July and November 2021 without indictment. Zara's husband was one of the men still in detention six years later. He has now been transferred to the Malam Sidi camp in Gombe State to undergo Operation Safe Corridor. We will hear more about this story later. Welcome to another episode of the Crisis Room podcast. I am Maria Mustafa. In this podcast, we look at crisis trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. My co-host Murtala Abdullahi is on the field covering a report and will be back on the podcast soon. Today we will be talking with my colleague Hawa Shafi Nuhu on issues concerning the Operation Safe Corridor program which is currently ongoing in Gombe State for the rehabilitation of surrendered Boko Haram terrorists. Hello Hawa, what is this program about? Hello, Mariam. Let's look at this program, shall we? So the Operation Safe Corridor is Nigeria's non-kinetic approach to, you know, fighting the protracted Boko Haram insurgency. It was established in 2015 to give room for people who might have been recruited into the group against their will so that they can surrender. Now, the program tries to rehabilitate and radicalize people before then releasing them back into society. Naturally, Nigerians are vehemently opposed to the idea because it seems to mean that terrorists who have caused so much violence on the land are going scot-free. So there have been reports of innocent civilians also finding their way into the programs. And you've written about this as well. So can you, can you share the story with us? Yeah, there's a woman whom I interviewed, Zara. Her husband, Shuhu, had been one of the victims of the mass arrests carried out by the Nigerian army in 2015 during their counter-insurgency attempts, you know, when the Boko Haram insurgency reached its peak in Borno State. So Zara says that she and her husband had been fleeing the insurgency themselves, and he was part of the IDPs who were forcefully separated from their families. So he was held at the Borno Maximum Security Prison. Three years later, she heard that he was part of the men in the prison who had drunk their urine in the face of extreme thirst. They told her that he had died, so she remarried. Wow, there seems to be a lot of inhumane treatment going on in the prisons. And what did Zara hear next about her husband? About 14 months after she remarried, she learned that her husband was alive and had been transferred to the Malam City camp to undergo the Operation Safe Corridor. Though she was happy, she was also sad because the program is only for confirmed Boko Haram terrorists and she insists that her husband is not a terrorist. This seems to strengthen one of the criticisms being leveled against the Operation Safe Corridor program, which is that innocent civilians are being made to go through it, especially given the conditions of other prisons. Some prisoners are even being held like Zara's husband under the same conditions and they feel their only chance at freedom is to admit to the accusations that are being leveled against them. 
Yeah, and also the camp in Gombe State is by all accounts better than the prisons because it is merely a camp and though the inmates are supervised, they are actually allowed to move around freely. The occupants are also referred to as clients. They get food regularly, they are allowed to have their baths whenever they want, and they can even participate in sports. In the other detention facilities where inmates insist on their innocence, however, there have been allegations over the years of inhuman treatment such as congestion and deprivation of food and water, which, you know, led to the sort of thirst that drove Zara's husband into drinking urine. Okay, so this means that there are inmates who admitted to being former Boko Haram terrorists in the hope that their admission would mean a transfer to the facility in Gombe, which could also mean better treatment, a chance to learn a skill and guaranteed freedom eventually. Yes, so for this reason and others, the admission process into the program has been criticized and the credibility and effectiveness has been put under question. For example, uh, the International Crisis Group, I think, analyzed the program and they reported in March this year that authorities should improve, you know, the intake procedures so as to be able to filter out civilians that do not actually belong in the program. Truly, just as we have seen with the case of Zara's husband. Speaking of which, Hawa, what is she going to do now that she is remarried and with the news that her first husband is still alive? Uh, During my interview with her, she said she was sad and confused when she first heard the news. But eventually at night, she summoned the courage to tell her current husband what was happening and she pleaded with him to let her go so that she could continue to wait for her first husband's return. He agreed and he divorced her, so now she, she's just waiting for her husband's return. This is an episode of Human Angle Crisis Room. Thank you for listening. I am Maryam Mustafa. Members of our production team are Mohamed Jibrin, Anthony Asemuta, and Anita Eboigbe. The executive producer is Ahmed Salkida. Do join in next week for another episode.